Sexy Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. Hey everyone, it's Lacey motherfucking Skulls, and this is Talk of Love, episode 66. I really appreciate you guys for watching today. So I'm very excited about my upcoming guest. I know there is a lot of controversy surrounding her. I am getting ready to bring on Kiki. You know her from Real Chance of Love and from Charm School with Ricky Lake. So I want to talk to you guys just for a second because I've seen a lot of people who were making posts online that didn't understand why I was bringing Kiki on, especially for me specifically, because as you guys know, unfortunately, I lost my mom to suicide right before Rock of Love started filming. And it was really devastating for me to have lost my mom and my best friend. And as you guys also know, that was one of the key reasons why she was so controversial was when Kiki got into it with Lusty and was making really mean comments about Lusty's mom and the fact that she was dead and all of that. So that really got a lot of people worked up. So they're like, Lacey, of all people, you lost your mom. Why would you be cool with this? And also it should be noted that there have been people who are part of the whole of love world who I've straight up said, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to bring that person on. So I just want to explain to you guys what the difference is and why I'm bringing Kiki on, why I'm not bringing certain other people on. And um, so the the one thing I also want to say really quick is that somewhere in the comments section of, I don't know if it was YouTube, if it was a post or whatever, somehow it got misconstrued that I had said that Kiki was banned from the podcast. And I will say that I had never, I never had intentions of banning Kiki from the podcast. In fact, I never said that exactly either. You guys will know if there is somebody specific that I'm saying no to as far as bringing them on the podcast. And the reason you'll know that is because I will make a post specifically about that. So you guys know I post a lot on Instagram, but also on YouTube, there is a tab called community. If you click on that, you can see a whole bunch of other posts that I've made that aren't posts that are videos, but more so posts that are like text posts and pictures, that sort of thing. So if you go and look through, you'll see I made a very definitive post of here's who I am not going to have on and here's why. So if you don't see a post like that from me, then it means that the person is not quote unquote banned from the podcast. Um, I think that somebody had brought up to me like, hey, you shouldn't bring Kiki on because of the dead mom comments that she made to one of the girls. And I think I probably in some way like went like, yeah, that's fucked up. Right? I might have said something like that that then got turned into, oh, Lacey's banning Kiki from the podcast. But that's not exactly how it went down. And as I said, you'll know if someone is is not invited on because I'll make it very clear and I'll make a post about it that you can go back and easily find. So um, with Weasel... The reason I don't want him on, and it sucks because I actually really liked Weasel. Um, I thought he was a really fun character. I had a good time being his arch nemesis on I Love Money 3. But last year, 2020, 2020, during the whole George Floyd thing, everybody was posting support for Black Lives Matter, for George Floyd. People were posting anti-police brutality and, and um, anti the systemic racism that is in place in our society against Black people coming from police. So a lot of people were talking about that. And people were also posting Blackout Tuesday. And when that was going down, Weasel posted Whiteout Wednesday and basically did a white square in his Instagram. So really fucked up 
racist, depending on your perspective. I thought it was racist. The wrong time to be doubling down on some dumb shit. People were in a lot of pain. People are still in a lot of pain. And rather than being supportive of the people who have experienced these horrors that Weasel will never experience in his life, he'll experience other negative, but not not anywhere on the scale of what Black people in our society and our community have had to deal with. For him to go and do that during that time was was putting it mildly, pouring salt in the wound. So when he did that, I reached out to him and I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, take that post down. That's not okay right now. All you're doing is adding more pain to an already painful situation. You're not looking like a good guy right now or a tough guy. You need to knock it the fuck off. And he responded by doubling down. I think he made another post that was equally, if not more fucked up. So I'm like, I can't, I can't. If I'm gonna have people who are who are openly against those who are very much a part of our community, then I can't with those people. So that was the story with Weasel. Now let's get into It, It. I agree was a very entertaining character as well, but I was actually considering having it come on and I was going through his YouTube channel and other posts and I found a video of him filming his little dog, which was a little Yorkshire Terrier. You guys know how I'm with dogs. I fucking love my dogs. And um, just, I love dogs across the board. And he was basically yelling at this dog very aggressively and he was like swatting at the dog and the dog was cowering, was cowering. And it was a frightened dog. It was a fucked up thing to do. And you guys also know I'm really big into dog rescue. I had my own dog rescue organization for eight years. I'm not cool with victimizing little animals. I'm not cool with victimizing anyone. That's always gonna be a sore spot for me, victimizing people. I'm not okay with it. So when he had that video and I saw it, I'm like, that's fucking horrific. And I put it out there that this was what was going on on its YouTube channel. I think a lot of people reported it. The video got taken down. Somewhere with all of that, somebody else told me, and I can't verify this to be true. This is hearsay, but I was told that there was a video on its Instagram, which is no longer there, of him setting a live rat on fire. Um, that's what psychopaths do. I'm not even exaggerating. That's what psychopaths do. If you're going to inflict that kind of pain on something that doesn't matter what you think about rats, it's a rat. It has a nervous system. It can feel pain. If you're going to purposely do that for some kind of like humor thing, like that's fucked up. Not okay with that at all. Before the YouTube video of him with the Yorkshire Terrier got taken down, I will tell you guys, just in case anybody's going to pull some bullshit, I actually screen recorded the video. So I have it on my computer in case anybody wants to lie or say something didn't happen a certain way. I'm telling you right now, that's what happens. So because of the actions of it, because of the actions of Weasel, I don't want them on my podcast. I'm not going to give a platform to people that are doing some dumb, foolish shit like that. Um, harmful shit. Um, with Kiki, what she did was, was words. So not cool words, nasty words, shitty words, fucked up words, but they were words. She didn't post something against a marginalized group. She didn't instill fear uh, into an animal. She didn't do an action. She did words. So with that said, you know, I've done words, you know? So I want to, I want to bring her on because I, as you guys also know, these reality shows aren't always what they seem. So I really want to get to the bottom of this. She didn't do something that was so crossing the line that I'm like, that's it. She's off the show. Now, depending on what she says coming up, I might change my mind. But right now I go, that was a reality show. We were all young idiots. Um, there was a lot of other like manipulation factors going on in regards to like production. As we all know, I want to hear what this chick has to say. I want to hear 
what she has to say. I want to know who is this woman? Why did she say these things? Where is she coming from? I want to know. I'm curious, you know? So anyway, I hope you guys understand. Again, what Weasel did, what racist actions, what it did was anti-animal actions. What Kiki did, words. So that's where I personally draw the line. So um, let's see what she has to say. I'm, I'm down to give her a chance. I'm very curious. And, uh, you know, she was a part of the Of Love Empire as well. Let's see what she has to say. Let's give her a chance. So uh, before I get to that, just really, really quick, I do want to give a shout out to my man, Nick Ryan. Nick Ryan is a contributor and he's been uh, a very loyal contributor who has sponsored this podcast episode as well as the last one and some of the upcoming ones. So I want to give him a shout out. Nick Ryan is a really talented artist and musician and performer. He has uh, a musical project just called Nick Ryan and it's basically rock pop very much in the 90s vein. Like if you think like Sheryl Crow, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Maxbox 20, Lenny Kravitz, that that's similar to Nick Ryan's sound. So if you like that and you like all the 90s stuff, you probably like him quite a bit. You should definitely check him out. He's got a new single called Welcome to My Nightmare that he just released. And he has a, an accompanying music video that goes along with it. And he's actually going to be releasing a singles, uh, sorry, a cover album later on this summer, which is really cool. He's going to be doing covers of all kinds of different bands. He'll do covers of Seal, of Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey. It should be really, really cool. So definitely check that out. You can find him on social media, on YouTube, Instagram, the whole nine yards, just by searching at Nick Ryan. I will be putting all of his information in the description box below this video. So definitely be sure to check that out and uh, give him some love because he's been giving this podcast some love. So thank you so much, Nick Ryan. Thank you so much to all the contributors. Thank you to you guys. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this channel and give this video a thumbs up. And now please help me welcome my next guest. You know her from Real Chance of Love and from Charm School with Ricky Lake. Here is Kiki. Hey, Kiki, so nice to see you. How are you? I am good. Thank you for having me. I, You're very welcome, and I really appreciate you for coming on. You know, a few of the guests from different shows I've met in passing or talked to, you know, via Instagram or whatever, and you're one of the few that I really have never met you. I don't know anything about you. So I'm really, really looking forward to this interview. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for, for joining us. So uh, let's just kind of get right into things. You were uh, a really interesting, fun character. You definitely kept things, uh, you kept things Interesting. Interesting. You kept things going. <laughs> yeah, you kept things going. I mean, we. I think every show needs to have the drama, needs to have the villains in order to make the shows work. Do you do you consider yourself a villain, or or are you just you? I, I'm just me, but at the same time, I think that that's um, what they portrayed me to be. I mean, there were so many other moments, good moments that they could have shown on there and they just, they chose not to. I mean, of course, you know, they're literally filming 24 hours a day. Even when there's not a camera crew, crew around, there's cameras, you know, in this room, that room, everywhere you go, there's cameras. So they chose to take what they wanted to take to build my character. And that's what they, you know, that's what they focused on. But I also think that was before my time because, you know, back then it was like, oh my God, she's this person. And it's like, you watch all the other shows now, Love and Hip Hop and Basketball Wives, and they're doing exactly what the hell I did 13 years ago, and they're praised for it now. So, yeah, everything that you said makes sense. And 
you know, last week I had Lil Hood who was on For the Love of Ray J. And one thing that she said that frustrated her was they sort of painted her to be the crazy girl. And she was like, I had so many moments with Ray J that were like real and that were fun and cute and endearing and they mm-hmm. cut all of that out and even myself on rock of love i had moments with brett where it, we were like playful and silly and sweet and cute and even with some of the girls that was like playful and funny and they totally omitted all of that because even though i myself was playing a character they really wanted me only portrayed a certain way they didn't want me to be likable or funny or cute. right so admitted that so Shut you up. feel like yeah. they did the Absolutely. same with you Absolutely, because my my personality, like anybody who like knows me, I'm goofy. Like, and I've been goofy and silly and playful my entire life. But they took those moments where I was triggered, you know, and that's what they they used all of those different moments. You know, not saying that I didn't do those things because I I did it. I mean, if I didn't do it, they wouldn't have had it. However that wasn't what was going on 24 seven. So I'm really glad that you use the word triggered specifically because I was actually going to bring that up as well and use <laughs> that word a little bit further down in the interview. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're familiar with it. I I'm like at the place in my life now that I'm older, I'm going to be 45 soon. And I, feel like I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm getting up there, but I feel like I'm in a place in life where like, I know my shit, you know, and and I'm like, fuck, I wish I'd known the word triggered 10 or 15 years ago because then I could understand myself and my own reactions of situations. Right. So, but you know, like when you do the, when you do the auditions and they literally pick your fucking brain and they ask you what triggers you. And so they know exactly what triggers you. So production knows what to get someone to do to trigger you, to get that reaction, to make it good for TV. You know, that's what they do. They create that story and they know the perfect person to get, to get you to, you know, poke at your trigger. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They know how to get that out of people for sure. Well, let's start at the, at the beginning. Um, What got you interested in reality television? Like what, what were you doing career wise prior to, and what made you decide to audition for this crazy ass show? (laughs) So I've, I've always, always, always wanted to be in entertainment. So um, prior to me doing Real Chance of Love, I, I was doing um, a few music videos for um, artists here in the Bay Area. So during that time, we were like at the height of the hyphy movement. So like the artists that I worked with was Big Rich, The Federation, Bailey, Messy Marv, Juice. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there's, you know, E-40. You know, we work with E40. So um, I was working with all these different artists as a, as a dancer or as a model for their video. So that was my stepping stone to get to where I really wanted to be. And um, Real Chance of Love was just my, you know, my opportunity to take my career to the next level. It's like I ultimately wanted to get into acting, which I did just a little bit, but not at the level that I um, that I wanted to. It just so happened they. The producers, uh, 51 Minds, the casting uh, directors came here to the Bay Area and they actually came to one of the clubs out here. And so they had the girls come to the club and they, that's where they had to sign up. And they gave, I guess, the ones that were interested in phone calls and had us come to a hotel and we did our on camera. It, yeah, sounds scary, right? <laughs> I know. I, I always think that's like sounds super sketchy. Like, uh, hopefully this like one won't be. Sex traffic or what? But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but they had us come to a hotel and we did the on-camera interview. So that was maybe like, I want to say the end of May, beginning of June in 2008. 
And I had totally forgot about it. Like, I thought it was some fake shit. Like, I, because like a month had went by and I hadn't heard anything. And then I got a call from a 323 number. And I was like, this may be, yes, it's the LA number. This may be for what I auditioned for. And sure enough, it was. And then they called me, sent me out the contract. I overnighted it back, went, took the um, STD test that they have you go do. And like a week later, I was on a plane. <laughs> That's amazing. It's crazy how quickly it happens. Right, right. It did. But like I said, I had totally forgot about it because like a month had, you know, had passed. I had just started a new job. I was like, F this job. So <laughs> Yeah, totally. So had you seen Flavor of Love and I Love New York and all the other shows? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it just looked like it was hella fun. Of course, it, you know, what you see on there is not exactly how it goes. And I think that's the misconception that we all have is like when you're watching it, it's like, of course, it's running for like three or four months. So you thinking that you're going to be in this house for three or four months when it's barely a month that you're actually living in the house and all of this stuff is going on. But um, I used to love Flavor of Love. And I remember they actually did Flavor of Love three auditions here in the Bay Area. I didn't go because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do that one. But when this opportunity came about, then I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So. That's awesome. So you knew who Real and Chance were from the show. Yeah. Yeah. And and so they said it was Real and Chance without saying it was Real and Chance. So it was like just little substantial hints that they were giving. I was like, this has to be for Real and Chance. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, who was one of your favorite characters from Flavor of Love? Before before you auditioned, who, was, who, who stands out in your mind is like, I really liked her on TV. It was Boots. I, it, it was Boots. And it's crazy that me and her are like, that's my dog. Like, that's my dog. Like, she was like my favorite one on there. Like, I loved her. She was fly. Her hair was fly. I was like, I like her. I really like Boots as well. And I had her on the podcast actually, uh, probably about maybe like seven or eight months ago. Uh-huh. And she sort of was like similar to you. And, and honestly, kind of similar to me as well as like, you know, the hated ones, but kind of like, at the they same time, they like could drama. But they love us, but they want to hate us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just, I think it's one of those things with, with women like, like you and her and, and, and me, people don't get to see in, in the context of these reality shows, they don't really get to see our soft side, our sweet side. And they just see that one side of us. And then that becomes like who you are. Right. Right. Like I've had like my close friends actually get into arguments with, people about me because you know they have their friends of course and their friends start talking shit about me they don't even know me and they're like well that's not even how she is she's this way she's that you don't even know her so I've definitely had you know my people defended me and I've had people that have maybe like well you know her like how you are on tv like they made you seem you hecka cool so you know yeah, I went through the same thing with some of my friends and and actually at the time I was single and I had roommates and it was the same thing with them. But for me, I going into the show, I had like a very definitive character that I wanted to play. So I sort of was expecting that hate. So I was prepared for it. But for you, do you do you you weren't necessarily playing a character. You were just I was being me. Like I was, I was being me. Like I went in there being 100% authentic. You know, I didn't know, of course we don't know how we're going to look on TV because we don't get to see, you know, how the, the show is, you know, chopped and put back together before it happens. It's like, we literally see it when the rest of the world see it. And from the first episode, I was like, oh my gosh, 
And it was like, I had this big watch party at the house with my family and a couple of close friends. And they were like, Kiki. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, they, they fucked with me first. They did this to me first. So yeah, like, I finished it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy when you watch it back because nothing prepares you for that. I mean, first of all, it's weird to see yourself on TV anyway. Like, it's right. weird. But then however they decide, like, I'm going to cherry pick these parts of her, leave that in, and then all the other stuff I'm going to leave out. So it sort of takes your personality out of context. It's do, and they just had me looking like a bully. And I'm like, y'all don't know what happened like three seconds prior. Like, they didn't show you that. It's like, they literally have 24 hours per day worth of footage and they have to condense all of that down into 40 minutes of entertainment. So it was like, you're not going to see everything. It's like, after I did Real Chance of Love and Charm School, it's like, I looked at reality TV completely different, you know? So I wasn't so quick to judge, you know, of what I said, like, well, they could have did X, Y, and Z, or they could have did this, or they could have did that, or they take sound bites in you know, make it like you said this at this time. And it's like, no, I didn't even say that at that time. That happened this time, you know, even on, um, charm school, I'm jumping ahead. I don't even know where we're going to start okay. with charm school right now. Right. So even on charm school, and I know a bunch of people are probably going to go back and watch these episodes now that I'm going to mention this. So if you look on the very first day, the very first episode you see we have on our, you know, our clothes. And me, for instance, I have on um, a black top and I have on, I think, like these black acid wash jeans, right? So the next episode is supposed to be we're waking up. So they show us in bed, stretching yawn and getting up. And this is when you see me, So Hood and Bay Bay Bay. And uh, Risky was standing right there. We we're, you know, getting into a bubbles. We have on the same clothes in the previous episode, yet we just woke up. It's like, do you guys think that we slept in our clothes and that we didn't bring pajamas with us or or what? But that's just a prime example of how editing goes. They make it appear like it's something that it's, you know, it's really not. Yeah, they were taking something from the day before and and acting like it's continuing on into the next day. But Yeah, really because they literally the showed day. us the, the opening scene on the next episode was us waking up. And then once we're out of the bed, we have on the clothes that we had on the day before. It's yeah. just like serious. So yeah, that so made it seem like even that whole shit just, you know, was was dragging out for two and three episodes. And it's like it was one day, like cut it out, maybe an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Make this one hour incident drag out for a hella episode. So, yeah. So I know going into Real Chance of Love, you were you know, working on your, your career in entertainment, which honestly, a lot of girls were, myself included. but. Did you, did, were you open to finding love or falling in love or, or what, what did I, you think I, of that whole aspect I, of it? I, I didn't go on there for that. Like I, I had somebody that I was dealing with, you know, during that time and he was all for it. He was like, baby, go ahead. Like, you know, he was all for it. Like I, I wasn't going on there looking for love. Like I literally was going there. I had a, a purpose, you know? I had a purpose and my purpose was to be able to use this as a way to open up, you know, more doors in which it did, but it didn't open up as many as I, I wanted it to. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard when we don't have the control of the situation, meaning production, editing, we don't have right. the control that, that we think that we do. 
Not, not that we think that we have control over editing, but we think that, you know, things happen in a certain way. That's how it's going to be portrayed. And then you watch it back. You're like, wait, that's not how that, ha- wait, that's not how that happened. Right. So no, right. And that's exactly how it goes. I mean, it's just that it had I known, or even if I would have known someone who had previously done um, reality TV, I would have known how to play the game. You know what I'm saying? I would have known to do the opposite of what production is telling me to do. And it's like I didn't. I went in and tried to play the game how I thought it was to be played and how I had saw it been done on previously previous um, you know, love shows, Flavor of Love, um, I Love New York, I Love Money, Surreal, uh what was it called? Surreal Life. Surreal Life, Surreal yeah. Life, yeah. You know, how I was saw it, you know, saw it being portrayed on there, and that's exactly what it was not. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're one hundred percent right. So when you went in and you got picked by real and you start getting into like doing these challenges and, and spending time with them, did you, did you start to feel everything or did you maintain like a, a guard uh, with real romantically? Well, I actually told them that I wanted to, I wanted real. So they were asking me which one that I wanted or which one I think I would be more. The producers did? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Do you think they did that with all the girls? They said, asked the girls who were more attracted to? I don't, I, I don't to? know. I don't know how they did that with all the girls, but I know with me, they, they were asking me um, which ones that I think that I, you know, and I, and I said, real, I said, because he's the opposite of me. I said, chance is more, you know, we both have that wild personality, but real would be more of the, the calm to my storm, you know? So I was like, I would go for real. So that's how I ended up being a real girl. You totally worded that in a way that I completely understand. My husband <laughs> is like the calming, like the Zen, like every take yes. a breath. And right. I've dated like alpha guys in the past. I'm like, we're going to end up, you're going to kill me or I'm going to kill you. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's going to be the next victim on Snapped and it ain't going to be me. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so you were more interested in real because of that reason, but in the back of your mind, you were like, this isn't really going to be, this is a TV show. This isn't going to be a love thing. Yeah, I was like, he's not going to be my man. It's like, we just, we playing a game, you know? And I, and then it's like, I, I kind of figured that he probably had somebody in real life just based off of what I was seeing on social media, like not long after that, of course, on social media, I think when we had MySpace back then. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was like MySpace back then. Um, it's like, you couldn't portray everything and, but was, I think shortly after he maybe had a son and then, you know, he got married and stuff. I was like, that didn't happen that quick. I'm like, she had to have been there. And she was just understanding, you know, to what needed to have been done. You know, yeah. I wasn't tripping. I was like I said, I was just there to have fun. I was there for the experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was your favorite part of being on that show? Um, With all its challenges, if you had to have one takeaway, like, well... It was difficult, but at least I met this person or did this thing or had this experience. You know, just, just every, the overall experience was fun. I didn't like the fact that I felt like I was in jail. I mean, of course, you can't have your cell phone. You can't have no books. You couldn't have like an iPod. There was no TV. And I felt like I was in jail, like in a mansion. You know, they tell you when you can use the phone and then they turn the phones on and you you pick up the phone to call your family and it has like the recording on there. Like as if you're talking to somebody in jail, like this phone call has been being recorded for entertainment purposes or whatever the hell it said. But 
that was the only part I didn't like. Like I felt like I was being held back, but the overall the isolation. Yeah. But the overall experience was dope. It's like, I just feel like I met, um, met some ladies and came in contact with people that I probably would not have come in contact with had it not been for, um, for the show. Bebe Bay, I already knew her prior to the show. So we had did some modeling, um, modeling jobs, um, together, but of course, like, uh, so hood like she's in chicago i don't think that we would have ever crossed paths had it not been for um you know for real chance of love um risky cali um jump from season two of real chance of love it's just i don't think that i would have come you know come in contact with these people had it not been for for the show so yeah so I'm you made some really for that. yeah so you made you made some really good solid friendships that wouldn't have happened had it not been that wouldn't have happened yeah so i mean it may not i may not have gotten exactly what i wanted out of the show but i got something else that's still of of equal value equal or higher value you know what i'm saying can't put a price tag on friendship though yeah 100 percent. what was so i'm gonna ask you now the opposite question what was aside from the editing or the producer manipulation what was your least favorite part of the show what was just what sucked what was awful what was your least favorite part? Girl, eliminations at two o'clock in the morning. Exhausting. Two o'clock. It's like you, you know, they start on hair and makeup like at 10 o'clock in the 10 o'clock at night. They start on hair and makeup. And you are literally out there in the hills, in the fucking valley in LA, in a little ass dress, and it is freezing cold, and it, it's literally taking like an hour and a half for them to do eliminations. People don't appreciate that part. It's like that that 10 minute of elimination that they're watching, it took us an hour and a half to two hours to film. And you're standing like in heels. You, you're exhausted. Yeah. And it's like if you look at, um, what, what, what episode was this? This may have been the episode before I was sent home. I had on a black dress. And if you know, like my arms are like inside of the dress. It's like, I'm like, at this point, I don't give a damn. I'm cold. I'm tired. They need to hurry up. Like, that was my least favorite. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm over it. It's really weird because walking isn't really such an issue, but just standing and especially standing in heels, it's just, it sucks for like that much amount of time. In the cold, though. Don't forget, in the cold. Yeah, because your muscles are all tensed because you're freezing your ass yeah, off. Yeah, and it's like, I wasn't drinking on the show, so I had nothing to help warm my blood up. Oh, you weren't drinking at all? Hell no. Mm-mm. You know, what's interesting to me about all these shows is the Rock of Love girls are like straight up lushes, like full blown. I mean, it, it just, it's really interesting because the alcohol is there for everybody on all of the shows, but the Rock of Love girls, myself included, were just like, I'm fucking bored. Let's do shots, whatever. But it seems to me that consistently the Flavor of Love girls and the Real Chance of Love girls don't drink like the Rock of Love girls do. And I so, just thought that was so interesting. So let me clear that up. I drink. I just wasn't going to drink on that show. Like they were not going to get the opportunity to um, make me out to, to be some sort of drunk, crazy person. Like no. Exploit you. I wasn't going to do that because I had seen how they did that on the other shows where they, a girl could probably have, uh, say, three drinks and they're going to show you taking... 10 sips out of that drink or throwing that shot back constantly or I'm like Mm-mm, we're not gonna do that they will not have me drinking anything smart that's smart so you had actually no before I ask you that um let's talk about real for a second uh, okay. I, I I liked both of the guys I I don't 
know either one of them. I've met them both in passing and they were really like, they were nice when I met them and they're both great TV and great TV for different reasons. Um, Real is just, was so sweet and it just came across that he was the one that was sweet and a little bit more grounded and then right. Chance was sort of like the wild child ah, yeah. yeah bouncing <laughs> off the walls the ADD kid and um it was devastating what happened with real and it was it was shocking and devastating did you talk to real after the show was over did you maintain any kind of contact with him and and how did you get the news of what was going on with him so in January of, let me see, he died in when, 2015, right? I think so. I think that's correct. Okay. So I want to say maybe January 13th, January 13th. I think he, when he revealed his diagnosis in 2013, I believe. So like January, 2013, I um, hit him up maybe on, I think it was Facebook. I messaged him on Facebook to tell him happy birthday. And um, he didn't respond and he responded maybe like in February or March. It was some time had passed by. And he's, you know, replied back, thank you, you know, for the birthday, which is I just been, you know, feeling sick, yada, yada, yada. And it's the winter. So I'm thinking that maybe it's just the flu. I didn't think that it was any type of, you know, serious illness or anything. And then um, as time goes on, then that's when he revealed that he was sick. And I was following his journey and, you know, keeping up and, send him little, you know, messages of encouragement and, you know, maybe comment on, you know, his post or, you know, something like that. And, um, the following year, 2014, him and Chance happened to host a party that's maybe, uh, in, in Stockton, which is about an hour from the Bay. And the promoters actually called me to host with them. So that was the last time that I got a chance to see them, which was in 2014 of, uh, April of 2014. And then the following year in February is when he passed. And I found out he passed. I was getting a whole bunch of tags on Twitter or Instagram from a bunch of different people tagging me in different posts that he had passed. And that's when I had learned of his passing. So, so heartbreaking. It's so sad. It how, was. How you- I was, I was, yeah, I, I was sad. I was sad about that. I mean, anytime that I spend any amount of time with someone or have any type of interaction with someone and something happens to them or they pass away, I'm definitely affected. Not saying that I'm going to be falling out boohoo crying, but I'm going to feel something. I'm going to be affected somehow, some way. Of course. Yeah. I mean, was this somebody that you knew for a brief period of time in your and life? And worked you had- with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you weren't, he wasn't your boyfriend, but you had that working relationship. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I was just like. felt something. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, this shouldn't happen to anybody, but for real, he was just such a good guy. And I'm like, he I can so give you like, young. T- and so young. And I'm like, there's like 10 other motherfucking assholes that you, know, right. like, you can't take in first. Give us real back. I got three people you can take right now. Just give us right, real I got back. a list. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't want them? He like, nah, yeah. like, nah, I'm cool. Y'all keep them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's really hard. You know, I joke, but it's heartbreaking and it's, it just, is unfair, but you know, such as life. Um, so after, so did you watch all of real chance of love? Like on TV? I watched all of season one, of course. And then I watched, um, some of season two, like I was over it at that time because I had knew the truth about it. So I was just over won't even be on reality TV. And plus I was still, I was pissed off at how 
um, how they did me. I just felt like the whole thing was just, it was manipulation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the perfect word to use to describe it is manipulative. And so with that said, though, given the experience that you had and how you felt you were wronged by the producers, what made you decide to do charm school? So, um, I still want to just try to give it a second chance. I'm like, maybe things will be different this time. I was optimistic. I'm like, maybe things will be different. And they were like, you have an opportunity to win a hundred thousand dollars. And they just made it sound so good. I'm like, let me, let me give them another chance. Let me just see, you know? And then they fucked me on there. Like two, two episodes in, it's like, come on now, you know? And I remember, I want to say maybe it was the day before production began or either the morning, the morning of, they came to my hotel room and they were like, so this is what we want you to do. We want you to go in. We don't want you to go in just being, just being, just start out being good. We don't want that. We want you to, to, to go in being exactly how you are and then progressively, you know, start changing your ways. So I'm not saying that they said that I would win or anything, but they made it seem like I had a good chance to make it further in the show than what I actually, you know, did. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in. And, but the thing is, is I didn't even go in on charm school acting a whole ass how I did on real chance of love. Like I really didn't, like I was actually being cool and they just took some shit and just made it out to be, you know, way worse than what it does. What, what it was. I mean, there was others, <laughs> on charm school that did shit way worse like shit that's actually criminal when you think about it and yeah. they were allowed to stay you know so that that um that made you know a lot of people feel like my elimination was racially motivated and I feel the same way too I've heard that from a few different sources and and it makes sense and I see why that's the uh perception like I, I see it absolutely and and it it was um it was crazy because it kind of became again it be it became you girls against like the rock of love girls but it should have been yeah it but it, it felt like that from the moment that we that we got in there like you can literally feel the the tension like you know what i'm saying it, it definitely felt divided and it was definitely division in there even though they met some of us in the same room together it still felt like there was some sort of division and you can literally feel the tension you know, like it didn't make sense for them to mix those two shows together. Maybe they should have did For the Love of Ray J and Charm School. I mean, For the Love of Ray J and Real Chance of Love, you know, together. That would have been like, those good... two dynamics. Yeah, but Rock of Love and Real Chance of Love is like, come on now. Right. Absolutely. And I thought it was interesting. They chose Ricky Lake. Did you know it was going to be Ricky Lake going into No. It? Like, I, I, I thought it was going to be Monique or something. Right. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Monique since the Flavor of Love Girls had Monique. Like, I didn't think it was going to be Ricky Lake at all. I'm like, why her? I, she, she's a strange choice. I've said this before on the podcast. She is a strange choice. Yeah. You know, um, she strikes me as a bit more conservative. And I felt like she was sort of in over her head on this. I, they shouldn't let Lala, you know, be the, be the headmistress, you know? Like, it just, it made sense to let Lala do it over Ricky Lake, you know? Yeah, Lala would have been fantastic. And they and they had her a part of the whole thing. So I was surprised. Lala actually, Lala actually called me when I got back to the hotel after my elimination. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What did she Lala, say? Lala, basically that my elimination was, was full of shit. She didn't think that it was right. She was not in agreement with my elimination at all. It's like, they they know that. They know that. 
You know? A lot of people felt that way. A lot of people felt that way. I know that's sort of like the the common consensus. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is that the producers sort of came to you with a game plan and they wanted this story arc of like, you're going to be this bad girl, this wild child, and then we're going to watch you, you know, Progress. get better or whatever, or learn or whatever the word is. And um, it sounds like that was the game plan they wanted to, to use. And you're like, all right, I'll do that game plan. And then it, Backfired. It backfired on me, yeah. And the thing is, so on the the very first episode, Gia went home. So Gia was, of course, a rock of love girl. The rock of love girls were showing their ass, and I think that they didn't want it to turn into a situation where all the rock of love girls went home first, and then the real chance of love girls was there. Because in actuality, how the rock of love girls were acting, girl, they would have went home easily, easily, the first few episodes. You know, but they didn't want it to be like, oh my God, we, we just sent a rock a love girl home last night. We can't send another one home tonight. So let's find a real chance of love girl to send home. And I guess that I was on the bottom of the totem pole when it, you know, when it came to that. Well, let's talk about some of that stuff because I, I have a theory and I agree with you. I think there's definitely a high probability that it could be racially motivated, but I'm sure you already know this about yourself and and I can say the same thing about myself because I feel like I see myself in you in a lot of ways. Right. And you have an intensity about you. And and you you have your your chill side and your fun side and and clearly you are strong you are friends with other very strong women which says a lot mm-hmm. because some women who have really big personalities or very um over the top personalities right. can't be friends with other strong women. But we're intimidating. You're strong, you're friends with the strongest women and to this right. day you still have friendships with them. So clearly that's not you're not butting heads with each other. That's not a thing. Right. But you do have, and you I'm sure you know this about yourself, you have an intensity to you that uh, I think, I think to be totally honest with you, you you have a, a way to to flex, you know, but psychologically, right. and you have a way to be intimidating to get your point across or to, to not be fucked with or whatever your motivation is. Um, and I think that for some people, it frightens them. They don't understand, oh, she's just pissed off or she's just yelling. It's the way in which you are pissed off, the way in which you are yelling. Somebody who doesn't know you or isn't used to being around that type of energy goes like, holy shit, is she is she going to like, you know, punch me in the face? Is she going right. to punch Ricky Lake in the face? Do you, th- do you think that's a, sh- a fair assessment? Yeah, like I said, that's why I said it, it, it comes off to, as being intimidating, um, you know, to some. Especially yeah. if maybe, you know, you were never exposed to that in school, at home, friendships, television, whatever. You won't understand that type of behavior, you know. But someone that's more relatable to me, you know, they'll get it. They get it. They're like, she just, she's just pissed. And yeah. that's how she expresses that's it. it you yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. But it makes me go, that might be a reason. Like maybe one of the producers was afraid or maybe Ricky Lake herself was afraid or whatever. And so they weren't. And and here's the difference between like <laughs> Ashley. Ashley has been called a bully so many times by fans of the shows. And and there's other girls and like, you know, I know she locked uh Britney Starr in the bathroom and all that. Right. But I think I if I were just to be honest with you from a you know, a person who doesn't really care either way, just a uh, I'm just myself a viewer of the show. Right. Ashley is always sort of like laughing like I'm not saying that she's not bullying but she's always laughing and sort of like silly while she's doing it and so even though what she 
is doing may be as fucked up, if not more fucked up than anything you've done. They're like, well, Ashley's, you know, is fucking with this person, but she's not going to kill a bitch. But they might be like, Kiki might kill a bitch. <laughs> Ricky Lake <laughs> has, take that chance. I, I seriously thought Ricky Lake was uh, intimidated or scared when she had the damn talk show with everybody on there acting a damn ass. I mean, her show was just a step down from Jerry Springer. I was actually a guest on her show back in 2000. Oh, you were? <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's crazy. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um. So I had literally just turned 18 and, you know, the thing back then was talk shows. It wasn't reality TV. It was talk shows. So you know how they would have, if you, if you or someone you know, blah, 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 give us a call to be a guest on the show. <laughs> Yeah, that was like the precursor to reality. It is. It it is. So I call my friends. I'm like, yo, y'all, do you guys want to do this and and say this? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to call right now and I'm going to tell y'all exactly what I'm going to say. So they give us a call back that y'all say X, Y, and Z. And so, yeah, it happened that way. So it was literally probably a couple of days after my 18th birthday. And I called them and they called back. And then like a week later, we were on a plane to New York. That so is the, amazing. <laughs> right. So the, the show topic was I cheated on, uh, you cheated on me, so I cheated on you to get revenge. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. How fun. That's incredible. So did the producers or Ricky Lake know that you had been on Ricky Lake's show prior to? Did that come out? No. No. No, they didn't because I had never, ever disclosed that like in my audition with Real Chance of Love or, you know, none of that. Like, because I didn't want to make it seem like, oh, she just, she's a TV hopper. She just trying to get on TV. So I never disclosed like any of that to them. But, um, but yeah, but I was, I had been a guest on her show and I mean, her whole damn show was fabricated, but people used to be on her show acting an ass. So she was used to that. Yeah, that's true. You're totally right about that. You're, you know, and one thing I haven't really been able to get to the bottom of, and I even had Matt Odgers, who was one of the main executive producers. producers. Right. I even had him on the shows and I still never was able to really get to the bottom of like, as far as charm school goes, you have the producers and then you have like whoever the the headmistress is. And then you have like their little sidekicks. And I I never, yeah, (laughs) the deans. And I never fully knew whose decision was it truly to who 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 they're going to send home like is it is it Ricky Lake or Sharon Osbourne or Monique is it the deans is it the producers is it all of them combined or does Ricky Lake just do what the producers tell her I always wondered that too I think it's probably a combination of both of uh, the headmistress and the you know the producers it's probably a collective decision um I don't think that the deans probably have as much say so um considering like I say Lala gave me a call to let me know that my elimination was, you know, was bullshit. So yeah, I think it's, it's mostly the, you know, the headmistress and the producers. I think that you're right. That was sort of like what my guess has been the whole time as well. well I mean, because they're in- talking to them, they talk to them through an earpiece. Yep. You know, they have an earpiece in. So they're definitely taking direction, but I'm pretty sure that they have their meetings prior to us going to two eliminations to decide what they're going to do. I think that you're right. That That is, that's the thing that, makes the most sense to me as well so i think i think you're right about that so even on real chance of love that's how it was yeah it's had earpieces in yeah yeah exactly so the producer's always talking to them at any Mm -hmm. point in time depending on how things are going so when you were let's go back to real chance for a second um speaking of triggers and also the manipulation that the producers do and and you know i myself was 
uh, I don't want to use the word victim, but uh, I myself was on the receiving end of their manipulation right. and probably fell into the trap a couple of times. Definitely some of the other, you know, at least the Rock of Love girls definitely did. Um, we had like so, on some of the shows they did like interrogations and on our show they had these like the super fans and they they bring out shit that like you put on the paperwork when you're first, you know, joining the, the show. I was super careful what I put down. You were smart to do so, but even still, in spite of that, it sounds like the producers still knew what to to uh, to go at you with. And and let's start with because everybody, I know you've been asked about this a million times, but everybody wants to know. And I kind of want to get into it from a different angle. I want to talk about Lusty because I read some interviews that you did prior, like years ago, where you said something along the lines of like, well. People didn't really see what happened that led me up to being like that angry and that vicious. Like she did this and that and said this and that, that got me to that level of anger. Can you get into that a little bit? Absolutely. So we were in a house and I think that the guys and a few of the girls were gone on a date. And I saw her sitting there, she was looking sad. And I was like, are you okay? Let me give you a hug. Mind you, me and her had never had any interaction Prior to that, she wasn't someone who we, you know, hung around. She kind of, you know, stayed to herself. And I saw her over there and she was looking down and I said, do you want a hug? Let me give you a hug. So if you go back and you watch the show, they show that part, right? And she said that she was okay. Um, later on, I found out, of course, that she was, of course, thinking about her mom. So me, baby, baby, and so hood, we, we shared a room. And I went back into the room and, um, Lusty brought her ass in my room. She had no business being in my room. And she's like, don't be fake with me. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? You came over there and you gave me a fake hug. And that's when I leaned up. I said, check this out. <laughs> don't put fake in my name in the same sentence. You can leave. Like, you don't got to be, you in my space. She continued to stay in there. and. I don't know. She started going crazy. And she's like, you little ghetto black bitch. And I said, if I'm a bitch, your mama's a bitch. And I said, she was a bitch when she had you. I didn't know that her mother was there. That's not something that producers disposed with us. And like I said, I had never had any conversations with her prior to that. The people who I was closest to on the show was Bay 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 and So Hood. So we talked more. But like I said, I had I know I didn't know anything about this girl. Like I said, I just saw her. She was having a moment. And sometimes a hug can make anybody feel better. And I was genuinely trying to make her feel better. I didn't know what was wrong, but I just saw that she wasn't looking okay. And when she started with me, so people see that she started calling me names first. You know, like I said, I didn't know that her mother was dead. Mm -hmm. And that's like, my mother's dead. And then that's when she, you know, baby, baby came in, broke us up and she walked out. So, a couple of days later, she still wants to antagonize. Like, girl, leave me alone. This shit is over with. I, I, I said what I said, and it's over with. You know? Even after I went and apologized to her, that still wasn't good enough. So, if I came and I apologized to you, and I gave you a sincere apology, because also if you go and watch the show, you'll see a phone call that I have with my mother. Mm-hmm. And my mother was like, you need to go apologize. I didn't raise you like that. That's like, okay, you know, you know what you're right. I was mad. I was upset. You know, you in my space and you're telling me what my intentions were when I was genuinely trying to make you feel better. 
And, um, but they didn't show a lot of that. You know, they didn't, I don't, did they show me apologizing to her? I can't remember if they showed me apologizing to her or not. Not that I remember. I could be wrong, but I don't remember that. I I don't think that they did, but I did apologize to her, you know? So that's another thing that they did not show. I apologized to her and she still wanted to keep going on. So if you know that I already made you mad, earlier that day or a couple of days prior. Why do you want to keep on fucking with me? Like, mm-hmm. why? It's like, at that moment, you the bully. Because I, I didn't say anything to you, you know? So now that I know what your what your low point is, what your trigger is, I'm going to play on that because you're doing it to me, you mm-hmm. know? When you're arguing with somebody, there's no rules in arguing. You know, there's no rules in arguing. Would I take it back? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. What what makes you say that? Absolutely. My mouth is vicious. It, it's so much other shit that I can say. But like, I was 26. That was 13 years ago. I was 26. <laughs> I was much younger. So I definitely probably would have played on something completely fucking different. You know what I'm saying? But at that moment, you keep fucking with me. And I know what your trigger is. You know what mine is. So I'm going to play on yours just like you're playing on mine. And that's mm-hmm. how the situation is. And even at the reality show, she wanted me to apologize to her again. I'm not doing that shit. I'm not about to keep apologizing to you to stroke your ego and to, to make you feel better. I apologize to you one time. You don't have to accept my apology. I, I apologize. I know that my apology was sincere and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to keep on apologizing to you until you feel better. You take that up with you and God. Mm-hmm, you don't have mm-hmm. to forgive me, but I know that I apologize to you. And I know that I was sincere. Well, one thing that I think is, um, is worth mentioning and People who watch this podcast who have seen enough people on here, I feel have a pretty good understanding of this, but I just want to put um, a possible scenario out there that that probably is what happened with Lussie. You said that you and Lussie were cool before this. You guys never had words, well, right? Well, we, we hadn't had any interaction. So we weren't we weren't cool, but we, just, we never had any interaction. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like she wasn't someone that I had even talked to on the show. You know, so she's kind of off to herself. Like she would mm-hmm. be in the mirror, literally talking to herself, you know? Mm-hmm. So she really didn't click with, with anybody. Yeah. She was she, just she doing was, her own thing. She was just doing her own thing. Like she really didn't click with anybody, you know? Well, what makes me curious, and I would imagine this might have happened because this is what happened with me and Heather on, on my season of Rock of Love. They really, because we were friends, they really, really wanted to see her and I fight and duke it out. And um, and I remember the producers kept coming to me like, hey, so Heather's doing this or Heather's doing that. They would try to get me riled right. up to go after because they wanted to see this Clash of the Titans. And and it worked. And they got Heather super pissed at me and it became this like big war. Thing, right. But, yeah. So I'm wondering if with um Lusty, if the producers went to her and said, I'm hey, sure. you should go you know, say Kiki's fake or or whatever. Do you think that's a possibility? Absolutely, because it was super quiet in the house at that time. Like I said, the guys are gone and half of the girls were gone on a date because it was, uh, they, I think it was a challenge the day before or something. So the girls had won the date. So the house was extremely quiet. So when I said there was no drama going on in the house at the time, they needed something because it was super, super duper quiet. So they needed something and they got it. And yeah. they drug that on for what about three episodes, two episodes? They drug that on. 
So it was sort of out of nowhere when she came up to you and, and started. It, yeah, it was kind of left field because when I gave her a hug, she didn't say anything then. So why would it take you 10 minutes to think about the hug that I just gave you? Why would you not say it then? Mm-hmm. Don't give me mm-hmm. a fake hug. Did it, you have to sit there and think about a hug or did someone come and tell you, hey, you should go say X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No? Yeah. That makes sense. So when you got eliminated, on the show, that situation was sort of used against you. How, no, you- it, it, it was and it wasn't. Because the episode before she got sent home. So I think I was eliminated like, oh, on that's episode. true. Yeah, I yeah. was eliminated on episode number six. So, um, I, I don't, I don't, really, I didn't even do anything really to go home like on that episode. I didn't really even do anything. You know, like it came down to me and Milf, you know, and they, they, it seems like on both shows, actually, when I was eliminated, it seemed like there was people that definitely should have went home that I was was kind of random. Yeah. Cause I think that when I had went home, we had a challenge earlier that day. It was, um, was fucking pimping a ride out or some shit. (laughs) And she literally sat there, like did not do anything. She didn't pick up a damn screwdriver to help pimp this ride out. Like she did absolutely nothing. And I was actually down there, girl, changing tires, doing everything. And she did nothing. So I thought that she would have maybe had one of them because she didn't, she didn't do shit, you know? And I, I didn't think that it was going to be me. Like I said, yeah. because the night before, I think it was me and Lusty on the chopping block and she went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think, um, because Real said something about like, you know, you can be vicious or something along those lines. Am I remembering that correctly? I, something like that. Something yeah. like that. But like yeah. I said, well, why not do it the day before? Like why send her home, you know, before me, when me and her are both up there, if I was that bad of a person and this is the situation that you're sending me home for, why not send me home when it was both me and her, you know, mm-hmm. up there? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, for me, watching you, and, and I got to say, with Bay Bay Bay, she came on here a few weeks ago and she was like, Kiki is awesome. Like, I, I love Kiki. That's She's so my great. Dog. Yeah. And I've seen, I think it was junk. I've seen her like post on, on your shit. And I know Larissa, super cool with you as well. So, yeah. um, and, and me just sitting here chatting with you, like, you give me very like chill vibes, you know? And right. so you, I, I can see that you definitely have that, that part of your personality is, is your, your predominant part of your personality. And I think that, I mean, now granted you were young, so there's, there's always that. And it's, it's, it's yeah. And it's a a tense situation, but I'm going to kind of jump around here for a minute. Like with bubbles, um, I had read somewhere in an interview that you had said, you know, she was just, she was, she was kind of like needling me as well. And and I would imagine, because I was with I lived with Bubbles. She was actually my roommate on I Love Money 3. So I definitely spent a lot of time with her. But I sort of like, I looked at her as like somebody who is off limits. And and even myself, like I'm very, very known and notorious for, for fucking with people. And when I fuck with people, I'm pretty fucking relentless for right. the sake of these shows. So I, I completely relate to you on that level. But with Bubbles, I'm like, that would be like, you know, kicking a kitten or whatever, you know? And so I know that, so when when you said in an interview that she was sort of needling you, I'm like, I could easily see the producers telling her to do that. But I noticed it, it seemed more so than 
ne- you weren't necessarily playing up to the cameras. I felt like both her and Lusty really genuinely got under your skin and, and made you in that moment just snap. It, yeah. And the thing with me in real life, not even on no show shit, but in real life, if I say leave me alone, like leave me alone, like leave me alone, because when I attack back, now you're going to play victim. Now you throw the rock and you hide your hands. And then when I attack back, it's, oh my God, she's this. And it's like, no, you fucked with me first. Like, I'm going to give you a few warnings. Leave me alone. You know, leave me alone. And if I say leave me alone, then just the, let that be. It's like, you, you want, know where your, your I know, um, boiling I know point me. is. Right. And I know, and I know me. And once I'm here, it's going to take me a while to come back down to here. And it's like, I'm giving you a warning for the sake of you. <laughs> to leave me alone because once I attack you're not gonna like it and your feelings are gonna be hurt and I'm gonna be made out to be this bad person but no one sees what you did to make me act like this you know mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god she said this she did this it's like no you fucked with me like just leave me alone yeah yeah I understand and it's funny because I've had people say this about me personally they're like if there's a fly on the wall where most people will grab a fly swatter, you will grab a, you know, a, a torpedo. <laughs> and and I'm like, I'm like, but the fly is gone, right? And they're like, yeah, but so is half the house. So, you know, it and and I also say, um, you know, I always give the analogy too of like the Chihuahua and the pit bull. You know, pit bulls are are generally pretty awesome dogs and they're super friendly and super sweet and very loyal and loving. But you have the Chihuahua that's being annoying as fuck. Yeah, the yappy little dog is annoying the fuck out of the pit bull. The pit bull's had enough and then goes after goes after the Chihuahua and then was like, oh my God, what a bad pit bull. You know, and the pit bull gets the brunt because it's whoever's energy is bigger, stronger, whoever does the most damage in spite of who started it. Right. That's usually what stands out, you know? So for what what I personally have learned, and again, you know, I'm I'm older than you, so I've had years to like mellow out and have people mellow me out. But right. what I've learned is just to find ways to get across, like, I'm not going to be a fucking doormat. I'm not going to let people fuck with me. But at the same time, I have to do this in a way that I'm not going to get people turned against me either, you know? So that's why I kind of learned to manipulate the situation. You know, if I have a boss that's a, like a fucking asshole or treats me disrespectfully or whatever, I want to tell the boss what a piece of shit he is and how his wife is cheating on him just to fuck his marriage up just because he fucked with me right. and, or whatever like horrible thing I can do. But I've learned like, you know what? I'll just fucking manipulate him and I'll, I'll, I'll do something in a different way so that I still have my job or I have whatever. Right. So I don't lose too. So what's frustrating for me watching you is you are well-spoken. You are intelligent. You are a strong woman. And so it, it upset me that like with, with bubbles, especially of all people, bubbles and, or with, um, lusty, when they got you to like level 10, I'm like, fuck, they, they got her. They got her. You know, right. they, they, they took control away. What you were doing from my perspective and correct me if I'm wrong, it looked like you were trying to take the control back. You're like, I told you to leave me the fuck alone. I told you to stop fucking with me. You didn't do that. And so now I'm coming at you. I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. But right. the problem is then you have given the power to them because now they got they you in a now. heightened I state. No, yeah. I, to- I totally get it. And I get the shit in of the stick in the end because I seem like I'm the, the dominant one when that's not even, you know, well, it's the case, but it's like, I wasn't the aggressor. That's the word. Right. Right. It and, makes and, you have to be the aggressor. 
you could have won charm school. You could have had $100,000, you know, and you could have done really great stuff with that. And I feel like even though it's it's wrong and it's underhanded and it's manipulative as fuck, I'm like, fuck, man, they they got her. They got her right where right. they want her. They got her that, and then right. against little fucking bubbles, you know? Do you think, looking back, do you, do you like, play through scenarios like, oh man, I could have said this or I could have done that just to keep myself in there. And you're right. It was totally fucked up. It was totally unfair how you got eliminated. And you raised really good points in that like there was bitches in there locking bitches in bathrooms. And like, that's, you know. that's a crime. Like that's technically a crime. Like what I did was not, I hurt somebody's feelings. They committed a crime. Two totally different things. But, you know. What, what would you do in, in hindsight? I mean, like, what I, was I something think that, that the producers would have did what they want, what they wanted to do, regardless. I mean, they have a, a, a show to produce. They know who's going to go home on what episode, you know. And if I would not have gotten eliminated on episode number two, it probably would have happened on three or four. You know, they know that they didn't want me on the show that long. They knew that. Well, me going into it, I didn't know that, but they knew it, which is the reason why they told me to be this way. But even if you had gone home in episode three or episode four, the the problem that happened within all of this is that after the show, it sounds to me like this wasn't your intention. Um, you were you were looked at and you were painted in a certain way, and you got a backlash that necessary wasn't necessarily deserved. So correct. How did you feel like for me, as I said, this is where you and I are a little different because I go and I went in there going like, I'm going to be the villain. And I, I expected, you know, the hate that I got. Right. And for me, that was my way of controlling the situation, you know? Right. And so, but with you, you're saying that you're being you, you're being real. They cherry picked parts of the extreme parts of your personality and made it like, well, this is how she is all the time. So what kind of backlash did you get? And, and how did you, how did that, how did that impact you? Um, I think that, um, the backlash that I got mostly was the, the incident with me and Lusty, not so much bubbles, not so much, but the incident with me and Lusty, I did. I got a lot of backlash, um, when it came to that, of course, and maybe not a fan fave, which in turn affects the amount of bookings that you get and the people that want to work with you and, and so forth and so forth. So back to what I said earlier, where um, I didn't get the opportunities that I thought that I would get. And I believe that it all, you know, stemmed from that. But I was going to use charm school as my way to correct that and get the ball back in my court. And it didn't happen that way. Yeah, they got, they, they, they got you. Like they basically put out the bait and you didn't realize it was bait. And I didn't also, really, yeah. yeah. What, did, what did Bubbles say that got you so amped up? Girl, who knows? It's probably some random shit. You know, she's hella random. And Bubbles have hella moms like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, girl, go on. Like, I don't want to hear none of that right now. I heard that you were invited to do I Love Money and that you turned it I down. Is that right? No, I didn't turn it down. Um, I had got the contract, but by the time I had got the contract and then I had a, I think, when did I get the contract? They told me, so when, the night that I got eliminated, they said, you're going to do I Love Money 3. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, they told me this as I was getting into the, the SUV to go back to my hotel room. And I think, let me see, when was that? That was maybe the very beginning of February, I think. 
And then Valentine's Day weekend is when they flew me back out there for the episode where they said Bebe Bebe was going to bring two people back, right? Or bring someone back to take her her spot. And they called me back. They called me out there for nothing. It's like, y'all knew y'all was going to do this shit. Why even waste my time? You know? So you're flying point, back and forth. It was like, why? It's like, you send me home the week before. And then you fly me back out here to make it seem like you guys are going to bring me back. And it's like, now I'm like, y'all for real playing with me. You know? Like, y'all playing with me. And when they, they had sent the contract over for I Love Money 3, and I want to say I did an interview um, after that. And they didn't like, I guess they didn't like what I said in that interview. Hmm. It's weird that they interviewed you again for I Love Money 3. They, they give you another interview? Like a, they, another so, audition? So they, I, I, was, they got, I had the contract. I had the contract. I think I sent the contract back. And what happened was before they began production for I Love Money 3. So in between me going, being eliminated from Charm School a second time and production of I Love Money 3, I did an interview. And in the interview, of course, I was pissed off because I'm like, why do you guys keep bringing oh. me back to play with me? Stop playing with me. Why did, why did you guys fly me out here a second time from Charm School only to send me home? But by this time, I had already sent my I Love Money 3 contract back. To oh. them. And so they heard an interview that I did, and I guess I was telling the production secrets, and they didn't like that. So they didn't call me to do All of Money 3, even though I had turned in my contract. So when it was time to do production, they never um, they never called me. They oh, never called me. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, because they told me that I needed to get a passport and everything. So I was like, okay, cool. And I was going to do it, but I didn't care anyway after that because I was I, I was pissed off anyway because I felt like they played with me. But Charms, yeah. it was like, you guys knew exactly what the hell y'all, they brought So Hood too, but she wasn't on the show. They flew her out. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So what did they say to you exactly to get you to come back? Um, that they had an opportunity for me to come back on the show. They didn't, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I didn't know that it was going to be Bebe Bay giving up her spot. I didn't know any of that. They just told me that they had an opportunity for me to come back on the show. So so strange how they did that. So I so in my head, I was thinking, well, maybe they realized they eliminated me on some bullshit. Maybe they're trying to right their wrongs. That's what I was thinking. You know, maybe they want to give my spot back. They realize they wrongfully eliminated me and they want me to come back. That's what I was thinking. And then I got there and it was, you know, the dumb shit. And I was like, for real. That was so strange that they did that. That was really, it was stupid. yeah, out of left field. And it didn't, it didn't really make a lot of sense. And everybody just who was watching was just sort of like, I don't, I don't understand. I'm confused. Yeah, it was, it was definitely stupid. And like I said, I had thought that they, cause I was sent home the week before and I thought that we were, you know, they were trying to right their wrongs and it, that obviously was, was not it, even though it would have made sense for them to do that. Being that a lot of people felt like my elimination was, you know, was bullshit. It's like, give me a fair chance. I just don't think that I was even given a fair chance. Yeah. Why did they think that, why do you think that they did that to you? And, because and, what brought me back the second time or. Right. Yeah. Just to not have you go back on the show. Just to, to, to make a show, to make it interesting. That's just all. To mix it up. I mean, it was, it was suspenseful. So if you go back and you watch that episode, it's like everyone probably was on pins and needles to see who she was gonna bring back only for it to be nothing so I think it just made for a good show yeah 
it was it was um it was weird though it and it didn't really make a lot of sense um so you mentioned earlier triggers um it, tell me if if the you now could go back and the situation the situation with lusty the situation with bubbles do you think that you could not like not be a doormat or anything like that but do you think that you could play the game in a way that um would have kept you in the show longer like could you have said things a little differently could you have walked away with both bubbles and with lusty what what could you have done differently the you now looking back and and would you have uh, my reads would have definitely been been a lot different i mean if i knew knew now what i well if i knew then what i knew now about reality tv of course i would have played it completely different of course the, the words that i use would have been you know completely different of course i would have flipped it and made you know both of them out to be the aggressor you know of course i would have played the victim you know yeah i would have been the victim in the situation so absolutely i think that you have it in you but it just takes so much patience when you're being tested especially in that environment no most definitely it, it definitely takes a lot of patience a lot of patience but i know i mean i know how to play victim real well now so it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah or just or just like you know, one thing that I say, okay, so one girl I tried to fuck with on both Rock of Love and Charm School on, on my season of Charm School was Brandy M because I saw her as somebody to compete with and contend with because she made it right. to the end of Rock of Love and, and she won Charm School. And I and I saw that happening, you know, and right. I, I could see her being a winner. So I was like, how do I, how do I intervene yeah. with this? Right. Yeah. And so what she did that was smart, I always tell people like when I go and try to needle people and get them worked up, you know, um, I'm like, it's, it's like playing a, a, a game of tug of war. Like I got my rope and I'll throw you the other end of the rope, hoping you'll pick it up. And then when you do, I'm going to yank on it and you're going right. to fall on your face. And then you're an idiot That's and it. I'm the winner. But right. what Brandy M did, which was really smart, is she was like, yeah, I don't need to play tug of war with you. Fuck your rope. Here you go. Bye. And I'm like, wait, no, come back. Fight with me. You know? Right. And so I, I tried, I tried to antagonize her and she just wasn't having wasn't, it. She wasn't taking the bait. She wasn't taking the bait, exactly. And I don't look at Brandy M as a pussy or a doormat or anything like that. Like, she's she's a strong woman, too. I respect her. But she did it in such a way. She's like, yeah, fuck you, Lacey. And she walked off. And I'm like, damn it. I could never get her. I could never get her because she wasn't going to hand that power over to me. And it was cool to see, you know. Um, but I think in your case, it's, it's challenging when your emotions are involved. And it seems like right. that's where you were at. Right. I'm a Pisces. I mean, I'm a very emotional person. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a very emotional person, whether it's an emotion with, with anger, whether it's an emotion with sadness, whether it's an emotion, emotion with, with laughter. It's like, I'm. You feel your feelings hard. Yeah. And I want my heart on my sleeve. It's like, like I say, anybody who like knows me personally, like knows these things about me. It makes sense because from my perspective, it's like, you know how vulnerable you are and how sensitive you are. And it's how, a defense how, mechanism. It's a defense mechanism, right? So yeah. you're like, if I'm 
this way, I put up this wall or I put up mm-hmm. this like army, then people are not letting come. you get right past here at all. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, tell me a little bit about your, your upbringing. Cause it sounds like you got a, like a really awesome mom and I just heard you call someone honey. So I imagine that's a good my situation. Husband, yes. My husband, he, he had my baby. Yeah. So I had back when I was doing the show and my son, he was six years old. He's 19 now. And then I just oh, recently nice. had a baby. Um, she'll be eight months on the, the 16th. Oh, congratulations. And then I, I'm married. I've been married for five years now. So we've been together. Nice. Seven, so. Congratulations. <laughs> and you said you grew up in the Bay Area. My husband's I, actually from the Bay Area as well. It's so beautiful. Where? He's from Mill Valley. Oh my oh wow. Okay. So yeah, yeah I'm from I'm from Oakland. Um grew up in Oakland um mostly, but in also in other parts of the Bay Area. So even though I lived in Oakland, I still went to um I say privileged schools. Okay. So we uh, we had addresses to be able to use. I had, you know, family members that lived in affluent uh, neighborhoods, which allowed me to go to these schools in these other areas. So I have to get up like super duper early and catch the bus and catch a train to, you know, to go to school. I was literally leaving school, leaving to go to school at six o'clock in the morning. And in the wintertime, it was still dark, you know, and then making it to school and on my way home, I was on the bus and on the train doing my homework because I wouldn't get home sometime until five o'clock. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Actually, I remember now when um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were running, I remember Kamala Harris talking specifically about that, something about the, the transportation system in the Bay Area. Bart. Yeah, Bart yeah. Am, mm-hmm. am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was it, a was big Bart, it was Bart thing. that I used to take. Yeah, it was Bart that I used to take and then also um, take the bus as well. So I never went to school in, in Oakland. Well, I went to school in Oakland for um, kindergarten, first grade, part of second grade. And then once I got to high school, I went to high school in Hayward. I went to Tennyson High and I got expelled. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got expelled and they sent me to this bad school that was like in the Oakland Hills. It was in the Oakland Hills. It was in a, a rich neighborhood, but it was a bad school. So it was for kids that were in group homes, foster homes, on probation. And I just happened to be on probation. <laughs> so, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yes. So at what point in your in your life did you do you feel like you created that 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 edge that defense mechanism have I've you had that since you were a kid like no like I've always been like that and, and especially like when you grow up in a house full of boys like I was I was the youngest and I grew up in the house with four boys so I'm the only girl so you constantly get picked on by your older siblings and they do you dirty and everything and you just kind of learn how to you know stand your ground so with your brothers that were sort of your older brothers who were sort of giving you a hard time, I know how siblings can be. They used to talk like, about me bad. They used to talk about me bad and they used, they used to do me so dirty. So they would, um, they would be getting ready to leave out of the house. They'll, you know, be heading to the park to go play basketball. And I'm like, well, I want to go too. They're like, okay, go get your shoes and your coat and you can go. So I'm pretty sure you can imagine what happened when I went inside the house to go get my shoes and my coat. I come back outside and they're gone. Oh, that's lame. (laughs) Man, that's really mean. (laughs) Yeah. So I got did like that, you know, a a lot, you know. Well, that'll fuck with you. Yeah. Because you're like, like, I don't matter over here. Like, I just. They're like, no, like you are little. I think like the, the, the youngest boy was like three years older than me. 
So it was still like, it was nobody in my like, you know, general age group for me to hang with. It's like, I had a bunch of cousins and stuff that's my age, but the ones who I lived in the house with, like they would, they would leave, they would talk about me and then, so I, I built that tough skin from, you know, living in a house with a boy. So. Well, it's interesting when you are assessing somebody, analyzing somebody, that's not really the right word, but um, for lack of better words, if, if there's just like people in your life and you watch how people behave and what affects them and what doesn't affect them. And some people will get like so, so upset or so hurt over certain words, but will be totally un- unaffected completely by, by other words. And you're like, why, why is that word bug, bug, bug you so much? Right. Like, I don't, I don't see that in you, but you're clearly, it's something that, you know, trigger. I got, and um, I, got and I always, too. what's that? I have a shit talking family. So shit talking. Yeah, has. Well, that's where <laughs> I was going with this. Cause what was so yeah. crazy to me is that what, what got you so worked up in real chance of love was when, um, Lussie was, was saying that you're fake and I'm like, but, but she's clearly not fake. Like you're not a poser. You're not pretending to be something that you're not like, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. Like what you see is what you get. You're quite the opposite of fake. Right. And so I would go like, well, she's got to know that she's not fake. So if somebody comes and says some dumb shit, you're like, you're a fucking idiot. If you think I'm fake, you're a fucking idiot. Right. And, that's and that's why it was crazy to me that, 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 that got you. I'm like, but she, but she's got to know. So do you think that that's stemming from when your family didn't have your back or, or talk shit about you? Do you think that's what that stemmed from? Or is that it was, a separate thing? It was all in fun. So it was just boys being boys. So it was all in fun. Like it was never anything, you know, serious. It was just, it was all in fun. And it was just boys being boys and, and kids being kids. But what got you about being called fake? Because I knew that my actions, because I knew that my actions were genuine. So to me, you're telling me that what I just did is not genuine. Like that's almost equivalent to calling me a liar. <laughs> okay. You know? Okay. That makes sense. That's equivalent okay. to calling me a liar. Like you're telling me something that I did wasn't genuine. It's like, how are you going to tell me what I did wasn't genuine? Like you can't tell me what my intentions were when I did something, you know, she's not inside your head. Yeah. Like, you how can you, yeah. So how can you tell me, you know, what's fake and what's real coming from me? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, you don't know me from a can of paint, but yet you, you, in your little crazy mind, you were able to assess that this was fake. It's like, if you felt that it was fake, you should have been like, bitch, get off me. I don't want that fake ass hug, but it took you uh, 10, 15 minutes to think about whether or not the hug that I gave you was really fake. So. Yeah. So it felt like just like an undeserved attack. Yeah. It's like, girl, go on now. Like, come on now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so how's life been since after the shows? It seems like you're married. You've got your kids. It's, you seem like you're happy and things are going I'm, well for you. Yes. I, I am. I am good. Like I'm, I'm super good. Like I'm just enjoying doing, you know, being a mommy all over again for the second time around. My kids are 18 years apart. So oh, yeah, that's I, amazing. I, want, I wanted, I wanted to do things the right way this time. It's like, I, I had my son when I was 20. Of course, I wasn't married. And shortly after my son wasn't even a year old, me and his dad went our separate way. So I said, "Mm -mm." I was like, I don't want another baby daddy. I said, the next time that I do this is going to be done the the right way. And I want to make sure that I'm married and have a strong, you know, solid foundation so that, you know, my child doesn't have to grow up with parents in separate households. I'm I'm happy for you. That's so good to hear. And so as far as after the reality shows, you didn't have the best experience. Were you like, whatever, I'm done with entertainment. I'm just going to focus on being a mom now. Or did you, what did you end up doing career wise? 
Um, so I, I still, I still dibble and dabble in the entertainment industry, just not on the, um, the forefront. So I'm, I'm still doing hair. Like I, I make, um, I make custom wig units and I have done some for a, a couple of celebrities, a couple of actresses. Nice. I, as a matter of fact, I have one that I have to send off <laughs> on Thursday or Friday for an actress. Um, I also do, I'm also a, a driver for a lot, of, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of artists that come to the Bay Area for concerts. So, and that's, that's just so cool. It's so fun. I get to meet so many people and I get to go to all the concerts for free and, you know, eat the good food that they eat and as VIP backstage passes, you know, everything. But that is I, I, so awesome. That's so cool. My husband actually used to do that in LA before he and I were together, before we even met. He said that he drove, he was a driver for a little while for Nick Nolte. Do you, do you remember Nick Nolte? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I'm sure you have stories for days. And he was like, oh yes, I do. So that's cool that you got to do that. I do. And I, and I, but we haven't had any concerts, of course, because of COVID, but right. I've worked with some of everybody, like some of everybody. So many people, so many people. And I've been doing that since 2015. So I worked with nice. a lot of different comedians, a lot of, you know, different artists and and everything. So that experience have been, you know, has been the bomb. But I, I mean, I have a, a very just a very simple life. I mean, I'm a, I'm a property manager. I'm a multi-site property manager. So awesome. Go yeah. yeah. So I'm a multi-site property manager and I just live a, a regular life. I'm a mommy and 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 that's it. I'm just focused now on just, you know, my job and my kids and my husband and, and that's about it. But I love I, that. I love hearing that. Do you still get recognized or are you able to kind of like sneak away from that whole period of your life? Well, in Oakland, everybody knows me. So it's like, I'm not a big deal here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a big deal in Oakland. Like everybody know me even before, um, like even when the show had just aired, it's like I was already known, so it wasn't a big deal. It's like I'm everybody's homegirl. They was like, "That's Kiki." This like a big deal. So <laughs> this is why we don't call her fake for this exact reason. Like, yeah, it's like that's that's Kiki. But no, but yeah. I, I don't get some people like you. That girl from Real and Chance, and it's like, girl, Real Chance of Love is not Real and Chance. It's Real Chance of Love. It, <laughs> it's not how how it used to be, and I'm happy that it's not because I get to have some level of of normalcy um in my life I hated it when my son was little like it was so bad like he used to say mommy can you just put me in a different school oh no really oh. yeah because he hated oh, like I was, I was going to pick him up from school yeah and of course I'm being recognized and the show was on and just you know little kids were asking him questions because in in the minds of first graders and six-year-olds they think if you're on tv you're rich you live in a mansion and mm -hmm. you know they're like, is your mommy, are you guys rich? <laughs> Do you guys live? And he's like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, but, but it's I'm really glad. funny. We, we talk about that a lot on the podcast too, about how much like we didn't get paid and how broke we all were. And it was a hundred dollars a day. Yeah. What was it? I look, what, yeah. It was like a yeah. hundred dollars a day to do them shows. And when we, they had us in the hotels, the days when we weren't filming, what was it? A $50 food per diem. It's like, what the hell am I supposed to eat? Especially living in California, which is expensive right. as fuck. So. What hotel, where's that? What hotel was that? We're at the Hilton or something. I don't know. Marriott. We're at the Marriott. It's like, what the hell am I supposed to buy? And then they can't leave. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you're a prisoner there. Yeah, yeah totally. Plus, plus about fifty dollars. If you don't have your debit cards, you was asked out. Like you wasn't. Yeah, gonna, nothing good well, for fifty dollars a day. I remember uh, I was sort of painted as being like the rich daddy's girl, and and I so I so wasn't. Like I I had that in my life when I was like a child and a teenager, but as an adult, right. I was just as broke as everybody else. And I remember I. I posted, uh, my husband and I went to a friend's wedding that was out of town and we had posted pictures and stuff like that. And some hater online was like, oh, well, are you guys getting on your private jet? And I'm like, you mean Delta? Right. <laughs> Delta is not my Southwest. private jet. But <laughs> I am not, I ain't made it to Delta yet. I'm on Southwest still. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But, uh, but I mean, like, Jet blue. <laughs> right, girl, I, live, I live a regular life. Like I don't live this, you know, it's just very, very simple, very, very, you know, normal. I don't even want to be like in the forefront of, of TV anymore. It's like anything that I do, like I'd rather do something behind the scenes. Like I said, driving anything, doing hair, makeup, you know, for celebrities, but being on the forefront, I'm good. Like I, it's I I enjoy having my privacy, you know, and it's completely different from how it was when we did reality TV. Back then, there wasn't all of these social media platforms. It was literally crazy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was literally MySpace. And on MySpace, of course, you had to accept people to be your friend. And then you can block it so that you can't receive, you know, messages, messages. at yeah. all. And now you have it's so you have Twitter, you have Instagram, you have TikTok, you have Snapchat, you have Facebook. It's just it's so much. And then you have all these people who don't know you that can voice their opinion about you to you on a social media platform. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot when when especially I mean, these shows were so long ago for us now. It's like yeah, I, 13 years ago for us. Yeah, I don't, it's crazy to me how many cast members that I've invited to come on to the podcast are just like, no, I'm good. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I, and they were like, for all intents and purposes are, are just like, you know, they're not putting their name out there. Like, like we know it to be, you know, they're just like, they're done, you know? And I, I totally get it. Um, and speaking of that, I was going to ask you, did you, did you watch one more chance? I did not watch, you know what? So, you know, while we were in the house, how you don't have access to TV, right? Like that period of time that we were in there conditioned me to where I don't watch TV much. Like not even on my, like I just, I don't. Like it's not a big deal. Like I have never seen one episode of Power. I have never seen one episode of One More Chance. I have, you know, it's just a bunch. I think that my kryptonite is love and hip hop. I love (laughs) love and hip hop. I will watch love and hip hop. But as far as everything else is like, I'm lost. Like don't ask me. I don't know. Like I haven't seen it. Yeah, like I just I don't watch TV. Like my husband just made me get cable um, yeah. last year because I can sit in this house with no, you know, no cable. I have TV. Yeah, like I don't care yeah. about it. <laughs> That's cool. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, Kiki, I really appreciate you sitting down with me and spending so much time, and I appreciate your your openness and your and your realness. Um, how can people find you if they if they want to find you and they want to be nice? <laughs> how can they find you if they want to follow you on social media? Or are you not trying to put yourself out there like that? No, I mean they can. Uh, I mean I don't accept people often. Like I have requests that'll sit there for literally a year before I'll go in and accept it. But <laughs> my Instagram is Jador, J-A-D-O-R-E underscore underscore Kiki, K-I-K-I. And I have a Twitter. I just jumped back on Twitter. Like I hadn't logged into my Twitter in a long time. 
Um, the Twitter is just Jador underscore Kiki. And okay, Snapchat cool. is also Jador underscore Kiki. Nice. I will make sure to put all that information in yes, the yes, yes. box below. And box just people below. want to come look for you. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I really appreciate your time. I'm glad you sat and talked with me. You know, the thing is, the these shows paint everybody in a one-dimensional light. And we're not one-dimensional, you know? Right. We, and I feel like for the most part, with the exception of, you know, two or three, I feel like everybody gets should have a chance to get to talk about their experiences and, and where they're coming from. And so I thought you were one of them. I thought you deserved a chance to, Aww, to talk. And yeah, so I appreciate you spending time with me. I appreciate you for having me. I definitely appreciate you for having me. Them damn fans started there. I'm telling Lacey said that she was. I'm like, I don't give a damn. Yeah, <laughs> I like, think Lacey somebody said she would never have you on the show. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, I did like a little intro before I brought you on and I, I talked about that. I think somebody said something in, in passing uh, in a comment that I, there was like, oh, Kiki it was, was talking about. It was on the Baddies page. Yeah, they said it. I was like. Yeah, it was on it was in the YouTube comments. But the thing is about me is I'm I'm usually way more direct about that. Like right. there are a couple of people that I'm like, I'm not gonna bring them on. And right. I literally made a whole post about it. Like um, you know, Weasel from Daisy of Love, because he did um he did uh during the whole George Floyd stuff, right. he did Whiteout Wednesday in response to everybody's Blackout Black Tuesday. Wow. And I'm like, dude, and I remember I wrote to him because like I kind of knew him and I was like, dude, take that shit down. Like you're being a dick right now. You have no idea. And then he like doubled down on it. I'm like, all right, I can't with that. And then um, the other one was It from um, I Love New York. <laughs> I that love he, New York. <laughs> yeah, he is a character, but he literally posted a video. He had like a little Yorkshire Terrier and I'm like a sucker for dogs. And he like posted himself like screaming and swatting at this dog just to be, <laughs> the dog's like cowering. I'm like, all right, oh no goodness. It and no Weasel. But I made a post um, on, uh, on the YouTube channel. There's like a place where I can post not videos, uh -huh. but actual like, posts you know right. like text and pictures and I, I made a whole post and I'm like until you see me making like a big post about it if I mention in comments I'm probably just talking you know but right. um, but but you know the difference is what they what those two guys did that's an action that's not cool what right. you did were words that were not cool Right. So that's why people with words, I'm like, let's talk about your words. People with actions, I'm like, fuck your actions and fuck you. You know, right. so there's a difference. And that's why I wanted to give you a chance and hear you out. Right. And and I'm glad that you gave me that opportunity um, to be able to say my side of the story. I mean, I think some of the stuff I've been saying for so long in so many different interviews, I don't think that what I was saying was resonating in some people's heads. Maybe now they'll go back and they'll watch the shows with a different understanding. You know, it's been some time that has passed by. So, you know, maybe now they're like, oh, okay, I see it now. I get it now. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Well, thank you again, Kiki. I wish you all the best. You and I thank are Instagram you. friends now, so we'll stay absolutely in touch. Absolutely, we are. I will. Thank you. All right, girl, you have a great rest of your night, okay? All right, you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that was definitely eye-opening and uh, was was very interesting. I will be honest with you guys. I wasn't really sure how that was going to go. I wasn't sure how receptive that she was going to be or how open she was going to be. Um, but, you know, I really appreciate, same thing with Bay Bay Bay. I know that she they, that both of those women presented themselves a certain way on the shows. But as I started out 
by saying at the beginning of this podcast episode, I really want to know who these women are before I pass judgment. You know, I'm all about psychology. I love getting into like the weeds with people like, like, who are you? What makes you operate? What makes you tick? Where did you come from? I want to know all that stuff, you know? And I also like to read people's energy and, and people's vibes. And, you know, here's, here's the thing. All of us have in us, um, the ability to be very nice and, and kind. And, and we are the people who our family members love, who our spouses love, who our friends love. But we also have the people out there that hate our guts because we fucking mouthed off to them or we fucking blew up at it. We lost our temper, you know? So, um, these shows, these reality shows are so psychologically challenging and it's, and it's hard to really convey to what degree they are until you're there, until you're in it, you know? Um, so, you know, I still don't agree with how Kiki treated Bubbles. I, I really like Bubbles. You know, I thought she was great. I had fun with her when she was on I Love Money with me and I felt really sorry for her. It was painful to me to watch her be attacked like that. But at the same time, I wasn't there. I know how production operates. I don't know anything about this Kiki chick or I didn't before today. And like, I'm curious. I want to get, I want to get to know these people. So I hope that you enjoyed that because I certainly did. And it was nice for me to see a different side to these villains, if you will, like Kiki and Baby Bay. So anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Big shout out to the contributors. You know how much I love you guys. I really appreciate your support. If you are interested in becoming a contributor, getting reaction videos, Skype chatting with me, whatever it is that I offer, definitely please go check out the website, which is talkoflove.net. And uh, otherwise, I hope you guys all stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'll see you next time. And until then, don't threaten me with a good time. Bye.